Hey, good morning. Good morning and welcome to Life Community Church. My name is Brett Bashat and I am the worship and young adults pastor here at Life Community. And this is the worship team today. If you uh, have been coming for a while, you might notice that the team looks pretty different. We're missing a couple of instruments. We've got some new instruments that maybe you've never seen before. Uh, but all that to say, we are excited to be here with you and lead you in worship. Uh, and before we, we sing this next song, we just wanted to uh, talk about something that I think uh, doesn't get talked about very often uh, in church. And I know we haven't talked about it in a while. Um, but you know how sometimes you're getting ready for Sunday morning, you're excited, it might be a little bit early, but you're on your way and you're looking forward to hearing a teaching, looking forward to singing with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You've just got a heart full of joy and gladness. That's awesome, right? But if we're honest with ourselves, we don't feel like that every single Sunday. Uh, maybe even this Sunday you are feeling hurt. Maybe something happened this week that, that really hurt you. Uh, maybe you're feeling broken uh, in sin and you just don't feel worthy uh, to be singing these songs of worship to our God. Um, maybe things are going on with your family. Maybe work has been stressful or it's not what you want it to be. Uh, and it feels weird to come here and sing. And especially this next song, where the first line, it says, I'm coming with a heart of worship. I'm bringing in a brand new song. And I want to encourage you, if you're feeling broken today, if you're feeling hurt, that Christ doesn't ask us to come to him having it all together, feeling perfect. He especially doesn't ask us to be fake. God wants us to worship him as we are. If you're upset or you're hurting, sing. If you're broken, lift up your hands. If you're joyful and gladful, gladful. If you're joyful and glad, then sing as well. All right, lift up your voice in song. But I think what we're trying to say is let's come to the Lord together. Let's be transparent. And let's worship. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives this morning. We thank you for healing us. Open our hearts and our minds and our ears to who you are and to what you're doing. And God, we love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. You all can have a seat, except for the kids. Kids, it's been great being with you so far this morning. You are dismissed to kids' life. We'll see you later. All right, thank you so much for being here today. I'm Dan, lead pastor here. This is Clay, he's one of our elders here. Um, first of all, I wanna apologize. It is so good to hear everybody sing together in worship, but I will tell you that one song, I the Spanish was terrible. So I wanna apologize to my, my Spanish speakers. If you heard what was coming out of my mouth, I couldn't keep up. And I know that, that you know, one of the things is, is we're trying to become one body here, right, of all cultures is, right, we're, we're learning. <laughs> We're learning to speak each other's language. We're learning uh, to, to uh, speak each other's customs, even the cult, what the culture's like. And that takes work, it takes, it takes effort to do that. Um, but that's what God has called us to do as one body here uh, of, of one church together of all cultures. Uh, we learn to live together. That's part of our growth as, as believers. So that's a side note. That was free, by the way, side note. Um, but we wanna continue in a spirit of worship today to talk about giving because giving is a big part of our worship. And every other month we kind of, 
have a time just to focus on, on what it means to, to give as an act of our worship. And I will tell you, it is one of the most incredible privileges that we have as a follower of, of Christ um, to be able to be a part of a team that, that, that gives, that is changing the world. I mean, literally, we, there's my little world here. It's coming up. Hold on. There it is. See, there's a world. Um, it's so dramatic. Uh, we, are cha- we are, though. We are changing the world through this place, through our giving here. Jesus said, you know, take, take, be, our, be my witness, take the gospel to, to uh, Jerusalem, to Judea, to, to Samaria, to, to the end of the earth, and we are doing that. I want to tell you a little bit about how we do that. We have our resources, okay? They go directly to the sharing of the gospel. First of all, to sharing of the gospel, bringing Jesus directly to those who've not heard. We do it here in Hilliard through LCC. We do it through Centerpoint, who we, you know, they, they are a part of uh, using our building. We partner with them in that. Um, they are a church plant. Um, we do it in Ohio. We're a part of a group called Synergy East Ohio that church plants, uh, we do leadership development through them as well. In the United States, we give to the, our, our association of churches, the Fellowship of Evangelical Churches that does missions work. We support Tim and Sue Earhart. We support Hallie Miller, who were former LCCers here, who've gone on to be a part of bringing the gospel to the world. How about Honduras? Not only do we send teams to Honduras, it's a big part of who we are, but we actually support Kristen, Rachel, I'm gonna mess up his name, Esdras, Oh, that's not bad. Alejandro and and Cecia, um, as far as the Far East go, Ben and Michaela Moser, who are here with us today, are heading out pretty soon to serve. And so that that support there. Um, We support a thing called Behind the Scenes, and that's a a place that goes to serve those who who serve others around the world, pastors and leaders who serve, and and it's all over. Um, So it's directly impacting people hearing the gospel. The other thing is, we, our resources go to helping provide needs uh, that are centered around the gospel, right? So we talk about the food pantry, right? The food pantry is using the space of our building. That's the way we give. It's just allowing that to happen. We give assistance to those in our community. We talk about child sponsorship. Many of you sponsor kids um, and provide uh, backpacks for, for schools. They would not go to school without that. We provide, that's part of that is food that, that goes to feeding centers there. So there's a lot going out from here. And between our, our staff and the people, we are global partners. We, we support directly over 20 different people or entities. And from that, it goes out. It multiplies to the world. Our giving here is literally changing the world. So it's exciting. It's exciting to be a part of that. And it is a, I feel like it's a privilege to be a part of that. And so I want to celebrate that with us as we also celebrate something else. And that is that... Um, you don't you don't realize it, but we the roof is is paid for now. It's it's been done. Although I think they have one final coat that's coming. Um, that was it was 20 years overdue at least to do that. We did it. You all did it. You provided. You gave. Fully so funded. thank you for that. What's that? Fully funded. Fully funded. Right. So we got at least yeah 20 more years. We won't ask for 20 more years as far as the roof. Okay. Um, in addition, just to give you an update, our side lot, which we've talked about, um, we had an entity that approached us about um, partnering with, with a coffee place called Starbucks. You maybe have heard of it, I don't know, um, to put a, a location in the corner of our lot that we don't even use. Um, and that continues to move along. We have a, there's two deadlines, April and July, where things have to be done. 
we're waiting for the April one, and then July is like the final one. We'll ju we're just gonna keep you updated as we go. Um, so that's that. Now, with all the good that's happening, with all that's going out from here, there's been adjustments uh, that we've made to our budget and to our giving. We wanna be honest, we wanna be transparent and give you a realistic picture of where things are at. So this is where I turn things over to the, the really the expert of finances. A lot of pressure. No. Uh, Dan tells me people like graphs and maps. I don't have any maps. I hope you're not disappointed. I do have some graphs. No? All right. Really? Man, tough crowd. I could talk about fixed costs. I know that was a big hit last time I was up here. We can really get into the fixed costs if you really want to. I'm guessing no. Okay, so um, really all I want to do is kind of give you guys um, a realistic picture of where we're at. Uh, for those of you that don't know, our fiscal year does not align with the calendar year. Our fiscal year is July to June, so we just finished the third quarter, so we are three-fourths, therefore, of the way through the year. So we like to give updates periodically, and so year-to-date is the fiscal year uh, that just ended. So we're gonna look at, um, first of all, giving versus budget. Um, interesting thing about the budget, uh, it is larger than the giving, as you can see there, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, the budget, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of budgets. I mean, in general I am, but they're kind of just numbers on a page, and the thing that really matters is money in and money out, and so um, as we'll get a little further, you'll see what that looks like. Um, a word about the budget, I guess. We did talk about this, I think, last time I was up here. Um, we have uh, consistently lowered the budget for the last six years, I think, every year, something like that, by a small amount, um, partly in recognition of an overall decline um, in giving, um, and, and so, you know, trying to align that with a little bit of reality. Uh, and so, you know, in the interest of full disclosure and transparency here as well, one of the things we're working on right now is next year's budget because uh, it has to be finished before the next fiscal year starts. Um, and so one of the things we're really wrestling with is how to uh, interpret these numbers and um, where to go uh, as far as next year, where the Lord is leading, what is happening kind of not only in LCC, but in Hilliard and in, you know, kind of a global sense and uh, really wrestling through um, how to approach those things as we move forward. So uh, year-to-date giving versus budget, you can see a pretty significant shortfall there. Uh, if we want to hit the Should next I go thing. To the next one? Yeah. Okay. There we go. All right, so this one's a little better, right? Um, giving versus expense. So obviously the budget are numbers that we have uh, proposed that we will uh, spend and or bring in, and this is what we've actually spent versus brought in. And so you can see the gap there is, is relatively small. Um, this has kind of been a norm for as long as I've been looking at these numbers, which honestly is not that long, um, a couple years now. But the, uh, the, the slight difference here is that these have kind of flip-flopped a little bit. So um, traditionally, we kind of set the budget in a way that I would call aspirationally. Uh, we, it's kind of an aspirational budget. We hope to hit those numbers. Um, and then we usually end up coming in a little under, and then the expenses are usually a little under that even. And so the interesting thing here is that we flipped a little bit, not by much, but a little bit. And by the way, just to clarify, these are average monthly numbers uh, that are being presented. Um, so this has flipped a little bit in the other direction to where the expenses, the average expenses are slightly outstripping um, the average uh, giving at this point. There we go. Um, did we miss one? We might have. We had okay. four. I don't think it was relevant. Oh, oh it wasn't relevant. Okay. <coughs> uh, Dan calls an audible on me. So um, I guess the question then is, uh, 
how are we doing this? If we have a budget, um, what are we not doing? What, where, where is the gap? And so um, we want to talk about that a little bit, uh, talk about um, kind of where we are hoping to go um, and, and really kind of some of the areas we're wrestling there. But um, in short, um, as I mentioned, the budgets generally are monies that we have um, planned on spending. And so essentially what you see here is monies that we planned on spending that we did not. That's the short version of what happened here. Um, a lot of those are individual categories that the, the staff has uh, drawn down. Um, honestly, a large chunk of this is the fact that we paid off the mortgage uh, last year, if you guys remember that. And so we had allocated that um, in the budget, essentially, into what we were calling a community investment fund, which is something that we were hoping uh, to bring in to kind of dive deeper into our um, ties into Hilliard and the surrounding community. Um, that fund has essentially gone unfunded. Mm -hmm. I'm the word fund a lot. Um, and so that's kind of the, the, the what goes in their gap. Um, other things like um, staffing, uh, kids' life, youth life, um, we were looking at adding uh, some additional staff there to uh, reinvest in uh, the youth areas. That has not happened. Um, it is going into the budget again for this year, uh, and we hope to have that happen. But that's kind of where the, you know, what didn't happen, what goes in there uh, situation. That's good. Just to clarify, too. As an, when we get together as an elder team, usually this time of year, and we look at the budget and we say, okay, um, what, are, what, are the, what are our costs right now? What are the things we need to spend money on? And every year we're, we're asking God, what's the, what's the step you want us to take? What's, what's the face step? And that's what you see, the, the difference sometimes between the, um, the, the budget we set and the numbers. Sometimes it's, it's a faith step. And last year it was, we want, to, we want to move deeper into the community. We're going to do some things with the side uh, where the shed was over here, and as a potential coffee place comes in, we're going to fix it up. Sometimes you look back and you say, okay, why didn't that happen? Was that God's timing? Was it something else? We don't know, um, and we have to go with, with what's here. I think our, um, our, our purpose as, I guess, as leaders here is just to, to challenge and to say, uh, God's given us resources, um, and if you understand, if you, you know God, God of the Bible, you know that God delights in a couple things. One, he delights in a return on, on uh, his resources. So a lot of times, you know, when we look at our, our own money, right, we say, I want to get, I'm, I'm trying to find the best place where I can get the best return, right, get interest back, right? Well, God spiritually says, here's my resources, and I want, you know, get a return, <laughs> get a return for them. And, and that's important, it's important, he cares about that. Um, and so we, that's why we challenge each other and we say, what are we doing with, with, with what God has entrusted to us? And the second thing God tells us in 2 Corinthians 9, he says, um, listen, decide in your heart what you should give, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver, right? God, God loves someone who gives generously from their heart. That's who I want to be. I hope that's who you want to be too. Um, so we have those two things that God really cares about um, where his resources are invested and he wants our hearts to be that way. Now we know we've, we've talked about a tithe before around here that in the Old Testament the principle was a tithe 10%. In the New Testament that's not, that's not the, the standard. That's not the measure. It's, it's, and to me it's more. It's, it's uh, you know, be generous with what you have. Um, because that work goes to the changing the gospel going around the world. So I just want to challenge us together. Join the tribe. That, uh, there's a tribe of givers here who are changing the world through their giving. 
and we're, you're invited to be a part of that. So pray about it, uh, give generously. And if you're not a part of that, I just wanna ask you, why not? And if you wanna talk to me, I'd love to talk to you and just hear like, why, why not? And um, because it's that important as a part of our discipleship. Um, our elder team, you wanna say something? Or are you gonna, let me see. Okay. Oh, yeah, all right, go ahead. Yeah, if you, if, okay. I'll give, no, you, okay. I'll give you a spot at the end. You okay, can jump in. Enough. Okay. So our elder team is going to gather this weekend. We, um, we're going to go for a retreat, uh, an overnighter, to pray, to discern, and we have been, and uh, discern next steps. And then out of that, somewhat, will come the budget for next year, and we want to make you aware of that. So pray for us as we get together, and we'll pray, I'll pray in a second. But That's actually all I was going to say is um, if you, as you're praying for your own kind of heart and involvement, um, the, the elder team would really appreciate your prayers as well because, you know, we have to ultimately put a number on a spreadsheet is really what it boils down to. Um, but there's so much more to it than that as far as really trying to ascertain strategic decisions and, you know, where the Lord is leading as far as um, what are steps of faith, what does it mean to be um, responsible, uh, what does it mean um, to to bury the talents as opposed to investing the talents, right? Um, and that's a, it's a real challenge sometimes to, to sort that out. Um, Dan likes to talk about putting out fleeces and, and I like that. Um, I don't know if we have any fleeces, actual fleeces. If anybody has one, we can borrow, that'd be great. Um, but so if you could just pray for us as we go through that process and really uh, try and ascertain um, where the Lord is leading, what's happening here in the body and what that looks like for us, frankly, fiscally, over the next uh, 12 to 18 months, um, at least for me, because I have to put that on a paper or he's getting mad. <laughs> yeah, and just, we, we ask a lot of questions. Obviously, a lot has happened over the last several years. And, you know, you look at, this, you look at in the word and you look at what happened to the believers, <clears throat> the followers of God throughout history, you know, things came. We talked about it in James, right? There was a disruption, people were scattered, right? Um, there are disruptions that come, and we've been through something that's happened here, and we can sit around and figure out why, and we do, we talk about those things, but uh, we have to deal in reality of where we are and call each other to, to more, to, to being who God wants us to be in this area. So thank you for those who give, who are giving faithfully, and the invitation is there for, for others who aren't to join. Um, but I'd like to pray about that together, so let's pray. God, it's our act of worship. We worship you today. Um, we sang and worship, but we want to worship you in this area too. Um, I want to pray that your your spirit would just work in our hearts, God, to um, so that everybody in this everybody in this body would be rowing in this area of giving. And um, God, I want to just declare to you, you are a faithful God. You have been faithful, and we know you will be faithful. And we look back at our history, we see it, and we we trust it moving forward. So thank you for your faithfulness uh, with, our, with providing for us, being uh, the provider. And as we turn now to, um, to learning how to become more of uh, a disciple of yours, um, we pray that you would uh, speak through Tom today, give him, um, give him your words to speak to us. And God, would you just even right now open our hearts to, to hear what you'd have to say to us today. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you.
All right, stay right where you are. Okay. Well, good morning. And I am Tom. I am um, titled as the teaching pastor around here, but I'm a member of a team. We have um, about 10 different voices who share with our body, including Dan and some others um, that are on staff, but many of you as lay people as well. So if you're new around here and uh, maybe this is, you've, you've been around, but, but uh, it's been a few times, you're likely to hear different people uh, bringing the word to you on, a, on any given Sunday. So um, I, w- I want to start this morning, though, by, um, by just sharing um, something that, that, that's true. About, about five months ago, I had a really great meal, okay? A really great meal. <clears throat> and if you do the math, about five months ago was Thanksgiving. Um, and the truth is, that was the second best meal I had that week. About five months ago, my wife and I took a trip to a magical place. Um, that magical place is called Portsmouth, Ohio. Um, and and we, we spent uh, a couple nights in Portsmouth, Ohio, because who doesn't want to spend a couple nights in Portsmouth, Ohio? Um, and, um, but while we were down there, we did the, you know, find a place to eat thing, and we ate at a place called the Scioto River, okay? The Scioto River, <clears throat> you get it? Portsmouth, Scioto River, okay, all right. And it's right at the Scioto and the Ohio River, okay. Um, and if you're like Tom, you're always talking about food. I am. It's okay. It's a big part of my life. Um, but we have the Scioto River, and the Scioto River is um, everything that they, that they uh, serve you is cooked over fire, okay, like wood fire. So these big steel drums, and um, there's, you know, there's the chicken cooking. Um, it, was, it was a fantastic meal. I had the ribeye. That was actually not my ribeye. I pulled this off the Internet. But that is, um, that is the small ribeye. Okay, the small ribeye, <clears throat> that is the large ribeye, okay, there's 32 ounces of meat um, that, uh, that is more than anyone can eat. I did, like I said, I, I had the small ribeye, which would have been this size, and I was, I, it was 24 hours of recovery, okay, um, that was, that, that is, that is the truth, it, it, I, it, it, uh, it tasted great going in. And then it sat just right there um, for about 24 hours. So, um, but anyway, fantastic meal. It was a really, really good meal. Um, and and, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say more about that in just a second. But um, we are in a series around here that we're calling Seven Postures of a Disciple. Okay, Seven Postures of a Disciple. And there's two really important words in that. Um, we just started this last week. And, um, and, and Dan began by talking about what it means, what it means to abide, to, to stay with Jesus, okay? What it means to abide, to stay with him. But there's two important words in this. We're, we're going to be on this, in this for seven weeks, and it's seven postures, okay? It's seven postures. So, so it's seven sort of ways of being, ways of standing, ways of, of looking, uh, of approaching life, Okay? But it's seven ways of being or approaching life, ways of standing of a disciple. And a disciple is, is, a, is a particularly, um, is a particularly um, uh, Christian word. A, a disciple is someone who, who follows after Jesus. Okay? It, it's sort of a way of saying, this is what, when you've, when you've trusted Jesus, when you follow Jesus, this is what a normal life is. Like, this, is this is what it looks like to just sort of live normally uh, when, when, when you're following Jesus. And that's what we're trying to do over this like month and a half or so together is just sort of say like the Bible lays out, the scriptures lay out for us 
like seven ways of being. And there's more than seven, but, but, but we felt like, you know, seven is just a good place to stop. Um, so seven ways of being, seven, seven positions, postures, approaches to life that the, the scriptures say are just kind of normal. Like this is what those who follow Jesus, these are, these are things that we do, places that we go where the life of God touches us. Another way to maybe think about this is that, that, that we're, we're trying to use um, um, here in April and May to sort of recalibrate, right? Like to just sort of take a look at our life against what the scriptures d- define or describe as the normal Christian life and ask, uh, is this the way that I'm living, right? Is this the way that I'm living? Does, does, am I, is, does my life match what the scriptures say it ought to look like if I'm walking with Jesus, if I'm following after him, if, I am, if I'm walking in his steps, right? And so we've been, we've been doing this, and, and I, I, today we're going to talk about, about sharing as a posture, okay? Sharing as a posture. Now, we've talked, we, um, Dan and Clay share, talked to us about sh- like sharing in our finances, but we're, today we're actually talking about sharing our faith, like expressing, publicly expressing our faith to other people. And I mentioned the Scioto River because I promise you that in the last five months, I have shared more about the Scioto River than I have about my faith with Jesus apart from maybe times where I've been publicly like teaching like this. I've shared more interpersonally about, about my, my ribeye at the Sayota River than I have about my Savior who's made such a difference in my life, except for the times where I'm kind of like, you know, a- accountable for, for a teaching here or a class. Or... And I would bet, okay, I would bet that there's, there's things in our life that sort of animate our conversations that we're glad to share about, right? The, the, the big game that the kid, your, your child won, okay? Maybe the game that, that your favorite team won, you know? Again, maybe some recommendation about some experience you had that was really good. You heard someone was gonna take a trip to a place you'd been and you just couldn't stop talking about your time there and giving them recommendations. But the thing about this is, is that when the New Testament talks to us about what is sort of a normal way of life, what does it mean to be be someone who walks in the way of Jesus, it, it tells us that it's normal for us to be sharing about our Savior, to be sharing, like, the faith that we have with others, to, to, that it's known to them. And so we're going to ask today, we're going to, what we're going to do, we're going to look at, <clears throat> we're going to look at four passages as, as kind of as quickly as we can. We're not going to do so much of a deep dive in any one of them, but we're going to look at four passages to sort of ask, like, when the, when the New Testament tells us, when the Scriptures tell us what it's like to, to, to walk with God when it comes to the sharing of our faith, what does it say about it? What does it say about it? And so I'm going to be in a, in, a, in a few different places, <clears throat> And it'll be on the screen, but if you want to turn with me, the very first place we're going to go is a pretty common place to look when we're talking about this subject, and it's in Matthew 28. <clears throat> Matthew 28. We read this and talk about this a lot around here. Many churches do. <clears throat> because Matthew 28 is the last words that Jesus recorded in Matthew's gospel that Jesus spoke to his, his followers, okay? To his followers. And so I just want to read these, this, these last few verses of, of Matthew's gospel, and it says this. It says, now the 11 disciples, and 11, this is, this is after Judas had, had taken his life. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Post, post-resurrection, we celebrated Easter a couple weeks ago. Post-resurrection, Jesus says, go to this place, okay? To this mountain, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. 
And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. This is fascinating, right? These people had experienced the risen Christ, and it describes worship and doubt all at the same time. That's a sermon for another day, but that's two fascinating things together, okay? They worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says, I'm in charge. I've got all the authority. And, and, and he has that authority based on his, his resurrection existence. I've conquered the last enemy of death, okay? But then he says this, and this is where we're, we're going to focus uh, for the next few minutes. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus says to them, he says, look, this is what you're, from, from this place, you're going to go out and you're going to teach them to, to follow like you the way that, that you're following me. Like he says, he says, go out and, and like make, make other followers, other disciples, others that follow Jesus the same way that they are following Jesus. Go and replicate, go, go duplicate, go, go do the very things that, that you've heard from me, go tell others and teach them to, to live that way, to do those things, share that message, share that message. So go and make and teach, share what you've been given, share what you've been given. And so just to, to, to make the point with, with Jesus here is that all believers in Jesus are called to share their faith. Or, or he says here, to make disciples, to make others that follow Jesus in the same way. I've actually heard some discussion lately about some trying some some theologians trying to, or some some uh, New Testament scholars, if you will, trying to reinterpret this passage to say, no, 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 it's just for those eleven. It's not, right? That's just a nice way to try and get around something that we find to be inconvenient, right? Because he says, look, if go out and tell them to do all the things I've told you to do, that includes telling them to go out and make more disciples. It's buried right there in the text, okay? So go. All believers are called to share their faith in Jesus. This is the task we've been called into, all of us. If, 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 we, if we claim the name of Christ, we are, we are called to make other disciples. And so to believe in Jesus, to trust him, to trust him, to follow him as a disciple, and to follow him is to lead others into trusting and following him, right? Like, this is what we do. It's normal, like, it, it's as he defines it, this is the normal way of life. This is the way to be. This is what it looks like if we take a posture of being a disciple of Jesus. Peter says this, okay? Another, another passage. Peter says this. And he's, he's, talking about, um, he's talking about what goes on when, when uh, the culture around you isn't so, so uh, happy to hear the message of Jesus. So, so listen to what he says here. This is 1 Peter chapter 3. He says, now... Who is there to harm you if you're zealous or really excited for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. He says, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. So he's talking about persecution would be the, the word for it, right? Um, but, but, um, but, but he says, like, doing good, just baseline, doing good is better than doing bad. Okay? Like, like do good. And, and if, if you suffer for doing good, <clears throat> that may happen. But don't be troubled by it. He goes on to say this, but in your hearts, like even if there's trouble around you, in your hearts, honor Christ as holy. So the, the New International Version says it says, set apart Christ as Lord. Like, and that's the holy part, like is the setting apart. Like take, put Jesus in a special place, okay? Put Jesus in a special place. 
And then it says this, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you, right? Catch that? Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So the posture of following, of, 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 of following Jesus, Peter says it this way. He says, look, if you're, you're living in a time and a place, or, or, or as you live, you're going to come up against people who don't find everything about Jesus to be so great. They're resistant, and they may give you trouble for it. But here's the deal. Live rightly amongst them. Live rightly amongst them. And when you do, you should anticipate being asked, hey, what is the deal, right? What's the deal? You've got it bad, but you still live with hope. And as that comes, be ready. Be ready to share. He go, Peter goes on. He says this. He says, Having, you, if you do this, you have a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Literally, he says, he says like, just live in such a way that if people really try to make it bad for you, you've done the right thing. You've lived the right way. Verse 17, for it's better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Remember, we said, like, it's just better to do good than to do evil. That's the, the, the truth of the matter. So don't stop doing good. Like, be ready to share, but don't stop doing good in it. And I want to pause here for a second to say that, 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 there's, there, uh, that saying the right thing, I think Peter's making an argument because he's putting, like, having a defense and being ready to share our faith, he's putting it right next to living a certain way, Right? And, and one of the things that I just observe about us as Christians in our culture right now is that there are some amongst us who believe that it's okay to, to not do the right thing if I'm saying the right thing. If I'm saying the right thing about Jesus, it's okay if I slander my neighbor. It's, that if I'm saying the right thing about Jesus, it's okay if I'm hostile towards those who, who would maybe be causing me to suffer. That if, I'm, that, that, if, that if I stand with Jesus, I shouldn't have to expect suffering. And Peter says, no. Like, here's the deal. If we're suffering while doing good, that's to our honor. If we're suffering while doing bad, then that's to our shame. Do we follow? So be ready to share. Be ready to share, but, but living in the right way. So when it comes to our posture in sharing, look, live right, but all believers in Jesus are, are ready, should be ready to have a testimony, to be able to share about our life in a way that says, this is the hope that I have in Christ. This is the hope that I have. This is, this is sort of normal. This is the thing. Can, 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 I, can I say to someone <clears throat> why Jesus has made a difference in my life? Can I share with them the real ways that he has changed the way that I live? That, that my hope in him doesn't keep me bound to, to the amount of money in my bank account or, or the successes or failures of, of my children or my, those around me. And my, like, does it, does it, do we live in that sort of way? That it stands out so that, so that when it stands out, we're ready to say, this is why. This is why Jesus makes a difference. In another passage, different, that was Peter. This is Paul who writes, okay, the Apostle Paul. He writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and he says, this says, have nothing to do with foolish and, and, and ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. So he says, look, avoid like the foolish stuff. Stay out of the mix, because all that happens is that when, when you get involved in sort of stupid controversies or arguing about things that don't really matter, all it does is creates quarreling. And quarreling, the difference between like, 
like, you know, a debate and a quarrel is kind of this idea of like, well, now it's personal, right? Like now it's, it's, it's not one idea versus another idea. Now it's sort of me versus you. He says, so, so don't get involved in all the, all the extra stuff. Don't get involved in it because all that stuff breeds quarrels. He said, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. So how, what, what's the Lord's servant be like? Well, good, be kind, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. So, so be kind, knowledgeable, able to teach, be patient. And he goes on correcting, the, the Lord's servant correcting his opponents with gentleness, be gentle. So when, 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 when there's an argument to be made about the truth, go ahead and make it, but be gentle. Like we don't have to, we don't have to put up our fists. We're talking about posture, right? Posture. And there's such a difference between, between a posture of aggression and a posture of welcome and gentle. You understand? So correcting opponents, his opponents with gentleness. And then he says this. I think this is critical. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading uh, to a knowledge of the truth. Notice this too. Th- this is the wonderful thing about this. It's not up to us whether or not anyone that we ever speak to comes into a, a, a knowledge of the truth about God. It's up to God, whether or not God grants them repentance. It's not our job to determine who's right and who's wrong, who's in and who's out. God, that's God's work. It's God's work that God grants repentance. God brings people to the truth. He uses us, but he uses us in, in our kindness, in our patience. So our posture is to, 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 be, to be welcoming and gentle and patient with others. So leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. See, Paul says about, about those who may oppose, those who may oppose us. And, and again, I, I want to pause for a minute because I, I know that, that um, we, we have a, a tendency to feel like we're under duress, okay? We have a tendency to feel like, like, like we're maybe under attack because of our faith. And, and maybe not everyone feels that, but I know some do. And we look around at the culture around us and we feel like, like the culture around us is, be, is, is moving or turning or spinning in such a way that, that it's, it's just becoming harder and harder to maybe, quote unquote, be, a, be Christian, okay? to be Christian. But I think Paul speaks into this and he says it, it shouldn't be harder to be patient with people, to be gentle with them, no matter what the culture around us does. That, that shouldn't make it harder for us to be kind, right? Those are things that, that, ought to, that, we ought to, that we ought to always have a posture towards others, no matter what they're saying about us. Now, I, I get it, okay? I do. We look at certain things and we go, I just don't see Jesus in that thing in my world. But notice where Paul ends this. He says, look, here's the deal. The opponent of, the, of, of Jesus is, is caught in a trap of the devil. Caught in the trap of the devil. Just what does basic human compassion say? If you're, if you're out for a walk and you see, you see someone literally caught in a trap, right? A trap that could cost them their life. Would you help? Would you get help? Would you try to get them out of that trap? Would you just keep moving? <laughs> Would you point and laugh? Don't do that, right? But what's our, what, what should our approach or our stance be towards those that are caught in a trap? And that's what Paul says. That's the way we view those who oppose us. 
they're caught in a trap. They're stuck. They can't get out. It's, 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 it's an act of compassion to be kind to them, gentle with them, patient with them. So I want to say this. All believers in Jesus must avoid distractions from God's grace. We live at a point in time where, uh, I mean, it's, this is the age of distraction, right? This is the, an age of distraction. Everywhere we look, we, we, we invite distraction into our lives, and we tuck it in our pocket, and we pull it out hundreds of times a day to look at, and it's telling us stuff, and it's, it's feeding us a narrative about our world. We flip on the, the television, and we, we watch something, and it's giving us a perspective. It's, you know, we, we don't even, we're not even necessarily consenting to it. It's just happening to us. And oftentimes for us as followers of Christ, and, and, and we, we tend to get caught in this idea that, that we're under attack, that we have all these opponents, that opposition is the narrative. And even if that is the case, it may be the case at certain times, and even if it is the case at certain times, look at what Paul has said to us is don't get distracted by all the other stuff. Focus on the goodness and the graciousness of God. Right? Don't get distracted by all of the other things. Because here's the thing, even if we win on the secondary issues, but we do it in such a way that turns people off to the good news of God through Jesus Christ, we haven't won at all. So we've got to maintain our posture of kindness and gentleness and warmth and hospitality and patience. Because even if we win, even if we take over, like whatever culture war it is, you want to you wanna pin down and say, that's the one we have to win. And get me right when I say, like when we look at certain aspects of our culture, I understand us saying, I don't see God there. Okay? I get that. But even if we win by force or by power, but we're not gentle, there's no kindness, there's no patience in it, and in so winning, we move people away from Christ, we haven't won at all. We haven't won at all. We have to keep moving. <clears throat> One more tough passage. This, I think this is really tough. Jesus in Matthew, this is well before <clears throat> the last one we read in Matthew 28, says this. He says, don't fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. That's tough to do because I am pretty afraid of people who can kill my body. I, 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 know, that, I know that in faith one day, <laughs> um, one day my, my body is going to be made new, <laughs> but I, I'm trying to hang on to this one that I've got right now for a little while. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Oh, that makes more sense. Okay. I said, this, this passage is going to be a little, this, this one's going to go down a little tougher. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. It's talking about, Jesus is talking about God here. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Sparrows are cheap. And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. So God even knows about cheap sparrows falling to the ground. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. This is... Um, the, the, the extent of God's knowledge, his knowledge exceeds even anything that's rational or reasonable to know, okay? So, so sparrows, 
verse 31. Fear not then, he says, Jesus says, for, uh, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows, right? Like God cares about you. He cares about us. He knows us deeply and intimately, and his knowledge makes it so that, that he knows everything there is to know about us. And here's where this gets really tough. Jesus says this. He says, so everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who's in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Oof. Okay? This is an either-or proposition. So this is, this, at this stage, it's binary. Okay? Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father. If then. But whoever denies me, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Look, there's, Jesus himself says this. He says, look, there is no path of life following me, Jesus says, that denies me and my Father. That's not normal. There's no posture of sort of ignoring me and yet having a relationship with me. And this is, I think this is a tough, this is a, this is a tough teaching. Because there are, there are times, and, there, and, and it, I believe it raises some difficult questions. But, but to make sense of this, I just want to use, um, this is cheap graphics 101, okay? But look, if there's a spectrum, if there's a spectrum, I think here's what Jesus is saying, okay? He's saying on one end of the spectrum, we can deny Jesus, right? Like we can say, no, there is no, there is no God, there is no son, Jesus, that like none of this is real. That's on one end of the spectrum, okay? On the other end of the spectrum would be to testify, right? Like the opposite of, it's interesting because he says something else. He doesn't say testify here, but that's the opposite end of the spectrum. That would be like, like literally saying, let me tell you about Jesus and the reality of who he is, okay? So deny on one side, which is on, for you guys this way, deny on this side and testify on this side. Those are sort of like in contrast to one another, okay? Jesus says, this is what he, what he says. He says, look, I'm asking you to acknowledge me. Now, it's a spectrum, right? It's a spectrum. So somewhere between denial and testifying, or denial and testifying, is, is acknowledgement, okay? It's, it's acknowledging Jesus. It's recognizing him. It's, it's speaking about him. And between denial and acknowledgement is this whole area of things, like, like just sort of setting Jesus aside, of staying silent in Jesus. Like internally, I think I, I'm going to believe in Jesus, but I really would prefer no one else knows about this. And at some point in time, we put on like, you know, like maybe a, 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 a cross necklace or we put on a Jesus t-shirt or I, I don't know. We put a bumper sticker on our car. And, and I get all of those are sort of actions that move us in, from one direction to the other. Okay. The ultimate, the ultimate landing place is, to, is to, for us to share Christ with others, for us to, to say what God has done for us, as at Peter writes, to be ready with an account of the goodness of God in my life that gives me hope, okay? Or what Paul says, that we're able to teach those who oppose kindly, gently, Okay? But there is, we, we do need to confront a reality that Jesus himself said, which is if we stay silent, if we won't acknowledge, 
it puts us in a dangerous place with him. If we keep him at arm's like reach, it, it, it's, it, and we don't really want anyone to know, that's not a normal posture to, to live if you're a disciple of Christ. He, he says, the last thing he says is, go make disciples, go do others. This is our mission. We benefit from our salvation, right? God has given us the goodness of his grace through Jesus Christ, and we benefit from it. Life eternal, life without limits. But it wasn't given to us just for ourselves to benefit. It was given so that we could go and help others know it as well. This is the reality of, of our, our station. And so here's the deal, and this is a tough last thing, but like, we're believed and uh, uh, we are judged by our silence about Jesus. At some level, at some level, and again, re recall the spectrum, okay? Recall the spectrum. But there's this line of acknowledgement. And as we fall off one way or the other, it means something. It means something. It means enough that Jesus says, if we refuse to acknowledge, he denies us before the Father. I don't want to stand in judgment before God and have, have Jesus, who I say is my Savior, look at me and say, yeah, but you just you wouldn't acknowledge me. And so sharing our faith becomes a normal posture. It becomes a normal posture. I'm going to call the, the band up and we're going to... Uh, do a song for a moment. I'm going to have a couple more thoughts to share with you, but I want to call the band up as we, as we wrap this up. <clears throat> Look, the, the, the scriptures are plain. The Bible is plain when it comes to this, this issue of, of our faith and the sharing of our faith. We're all called to do it. That's the first thing. We're all called to share our faith. If, we've, if you're a follower of Jesus today, Silence on, on, uh, on, on our faith is, is not the right <laughs> posture for us. Um, the second thing, we, we've got to be ready to share. Like, there's, there's, a, there's a preparing that goes on. And the third thing is that we've got to, we, I think, this is a cultural moment for us to avoid the distractions. Avoid the distractions. And lastly, just don't be silent about our faith. We can't be silent about our faith. I'm going to, we're going to start a song, and I'll be back up in just a second to share a couple more thoughts to wrap up. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm Whatever you want to do, I'm moving forward to follow after you, and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do, because your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. 
No, no groaning. We just heard, right? Like, each of us is, is directed to, this is what it means to walk with Jesus, is to, to show others the goodness of all that he's done. If you've been around here for a while, this is going to be somewhat familiar to you, hopefully. If you're new, let me explain. This is what we, what we call, because of a, a, a book we shared together here at, at Life Community, um, the, uh, the art of neighboring, these nine squares, and at the center would be like your house, okay? And you have neighbors, people who literally are around you. They live near you, okay? And, and we've been for a while now, we've been making sure that we know our neighbors. Like, where do we begin sharing our faith? How about the people that are closest to us just in physical proximity, and I realize, like, some of us may live, like, we may live in a place where our neighbors are, like, I don't know, a half mile away or something. That's great. Maybe put some people in other blocks. Maybe who, who's in that office across from you at work, okay? Like, students, you, you know, who sits, pick a class of your day. Who sits in those seats around you, right? And put those names in these blocks. We're going to take, take a few minutes, and we've been, this has been, a, uh, we'll be honest, this has been kind of a test, Okay? Do you know your neighbors? So we're going to take a minute here and just as the music plays, write their names in these squares around your central box. I'm going to do mine and you do yours. Okay? Who lives near you? And again, live may be physically the houses, but it might be at work. It might be, but who's around you? Who's God put in your life? Again, for those who are maybe down this path a little further and have done this a few times, you may have some details about some of these people and some of the other, some of the other block maps do that. Right now, just their names, okay? Just their names. And here's what we're going to do, okay? This is, it's, a, it's another step, okay? It's another step. We'd, we'd like for you, okay? We're going to take a, a second here and we're going we're gonna to pray for these people, Okay? We're going to pray for these people, but we're going to do one more thing with that prayer. We're going to invite you to go ahead. I need to find mine. We're going to go, invite you to go ahead, and we want you to rip off one name, not because you're trying to get rid of them. Okay? But we want you to rip off one of these blocks, one of these boxes. Okay? And the folks, some of the folks that were helped uh, pass out the block maps and pencils are going to have some baskets, I think. Yeah. They're in the back. And as we sing this song, 
Okay, we're gonna ask you to take that name that, and put it in one of the baskets. And here's why. Over the next week or two, Dan and Clay were up here and mentioned an elders retreat. As a church, we wanna pray for, for the people that live near all of you. Does that make sense? So we're gonna ask you to drop that name in the basket as we sing this song. The baskets will kind of come around and you can put it in. And when the elders are together next weekend, they're going to take time to pray for the people that you put on that paper. And as, a, as staff members, when we get together and we, we pray on a regular basis and we do that, we're going to pray for the, the people that you put in there. Right? We don't even know that we'll see the names. We won't know necessarily who wrote that name down, but we want to pray for them. Okay? Because sharing our faith is a normal posture of life with Jesus. It's a normal posture of life with Jesus, and we want to live it out. We want to live it out together. So will you drop that name in the basket as it comes around, as we sing? Thank you for this time together. There's something about seeing all these names of our neighbors who are trapped our neighbors, the people that we see so often who are made in your image, and we want them to know you. God, thank you that we can be praying for them, that we can be responding to your call to step out in faith and give that reason to give those answers when questions are asked. I pray that these precious people would know you as their Lord and Savior. Thank you for this body. Thank you for these people who have your heart, who reflect your heart, who take your heart for your people outside these doors and in to the people around them. Thank you for this time together. Amen. Whew. There's something about seeing all these names in these baskets. We will be praying for you guys, for your neighbors, for the people around you. Um, and then we want to hear your stories, too, of the conversations that come from these. There are going to be some really awkward moments, but it's going to be really cool. Um, so thank you for doing that. Um, before you go, we wanted to let you guys know of a few things coming up. Um, I'm trying to not get emotional. Um, so we have a work day. June 3rd, Dan and Clay shared about what your giving has done in our community and in the world. And this building is a big part of it. And frankly, there are some areas of the building that have not been cleaned in a really long time. So June 3rd in the morning, just come, we'll be cleaning inside and out. Um, and then June 23rd, we're having a summer event and we don't know what we're doing yet. So we need your help because my ideas are not good ones and we don't wanna do what my idea is. Um, so there's a form on mylcc.info. We're actually going to vote as a church. We're gonna put them in the lobby during our next first Sunday lunch and just vote. And we're gonna do whichever one wins. So could be dangerous, but it'll be fun. Um, and then finally today we have intro to groups right after service in the youth area, which is the room right over here. We take these messages and the things we're learning about sharing our faith and we process them through the week in our groups. And if that's a new concept for you, 
If you want to join a group, start a group. Um, Monica is going to be in there and will help get you connected and trying out a group. Thank you so much for being here. It's so good to be with you guys together. I feel like now we can just take this all out. And so thanks for being here and we'll see you in groups.